Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. Uh, it's just me this week, uh, on the intro, not during the entire episode, that would be absolutely insane. Um, but after, you know what, after how much time we've spent in quarantine, is it that insane? To, for a, for a man trapped in an apartment in Los Angeles with dog shit internet to basically just create a a fictional world now that i have started this line of thinking by the way i'm not sure any of you actually exist i am not convinced that i am not like just falling asleep and then in my sleep walking over to the computer and downloading the episodes thousands and thousands of times um so I guess for Sleepy Armando, this one's for you. It's a really great episode. Uh, we're continuing our series with special guest Blaine Gibson. Uh, Paige did a really, really great job this episode. Um, before we get started, we have a Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash cultpodcast to check out all of the awesome tiers and rewards we have there for just $5 a month. You get access to our bonus content, uh, which includes Paige's fucking horny-ass vampire book and our bonus show, The Speculation Zone. Next, if you, like I said, next, next on the agenda. Next, what we have to talk about. Like, I'm, I'm also putting a lot of effort into this. Like, people don't just fucking skip past it each week. Uh, well, I don't blame you. I probably would too. In fact, if you're listening to this, everyone else who listens to the show thinks you're a, a fucking nerd. Uh, <laughs> if you're looking for a new place to listen to the show, can we suggest Rooster Teeth? This is uh, the part where everyone normally makes rooster noises, but um, fucking guess not. Guess it's just me. Cock-a-doodle-doo. You think I'm losing my mind because I cock-a-doodle-doo. Hey, Rooster Teeth is a great place to listen to content and also watch content. There's a bunch of really cool shit there, um, and you can go to roosterteeth.com. Or you can download the Rooster Teeth app on devices like your phone, your Amazon Fire Stick, your Roku television, your Xbox. Bunch of really, really fun shit. Uh, Go check that out. It is the Rooster's Knees. God damn, I really am losing my fucking mind. All right, well, before I feel like I'm completely insane, why don't we get into the show? Don't drink the For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have... Blaine Gibson. Yay! Yay! You did. Thanks for me back. <laughs> you did not sound excited. <laughs> now I'm ready to go. I can give you guys a recap of exactly what happened last week because I remember Do it. it all. Go for it. All right, in our story, our hero, Black Lightning, the man of the hour, <laughs> the one that we all enjoy and love, he's out busting cults left and right, and he is up against a supervillain, Sweet Gravy Grace, Sweet Daddy Grace. <laughs> sweet Gravy Grace. Don't put it past Sweet Daddy Grace. I bet he sold Sweet Gravy Grace, like powdered gravy packets. His arch nemesis, Sweet Gravy Grace. 
and they're uh, butting heads in Los Angeles, on the beaches of Los Angeles. That's all I can remember. But you also just told me before we started that Sweet Daddy Grace is not in this episode, and I got really upset. <laughs> yeah, he's not. I'm so sorry. We have new villains. It's great. Oh, good. Did, do they have cool names? Um, No, but that's okay. <laughs> we love right. them anyway. Oh, man. Uh, I will actually, at the beginning, once we get past sources, do I will do a little bit of a recap because we've got more information about some of the stuff we talked about last week. So. I don't know why you need to. I just did one for you right there, Paige. Our hero, Black Lightning. Honestly, <laughs> I, I don't even think we need the last episode. I'm just going to cut in Blaine's <laughs> saying. Just we, synopsis? Yeah, we got sweet gravy, <laughs> sweet gravy grace. There's a there's a barbecue sauce in Texas, and it might be in California as well. It's called Sweet Baby Ray. Oh, yeah. So whenever yeah. I was thinking of Sweet Daddy Grace, I was just thinking of how fucking delicious Sweet Baby Ray's is and how bad I want some ribs right now. If you told me that Sweet Baby Ray's was a cult, that's I'm joining. Like, yeah, why not? I'm halfway there. Yeah, we always buy Sweet Baby Ray's. I like their marketing. I like I like their their branding. It's very simple, just white label with minimal color, mm-hmm. <laughs> delicious. Wait, no, 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 no. It's just like it's, no, 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 no. It's it's very simple. You see it, you notice it, you want it. It's not what do you going have crazy. Against colored labels, Blaine. No, hey, I am a huge Fruitopia fan. All right, it's got every color in the rainbow. All right. I'm just saying I, I like simple packaging. I like that the opposite Nothing. of Sweet Baby Ray's is Fruitopia somehow. Shit. I just, I, I just take McDonald's barbecue packets and I put it in a, I pour them out into a water bottle and then I poke a hole in the lid and that's my Sweet Baby Ray's. Sweet Baby Ray's. Armando, Jake offered to make you a quesadilla when you were at my house 10 minutes ago. We can feed you real food sometimes. Nah, it's fine. I drink all my things like childhood stuff. I, I have a <laughs> cup uh, that I got from Braindead that changes color when it's cold. It like and I'm sure to God, I swear that it's gonna give me cancer. But oh yeah, but oh boy, that's like most cups are BPA free. That one's like extra BPA, extra Just, extra like BPA plus. Sweet baby cancer. Oh man. So today we are continuing with our series on deprogramming. Um, let's get into some sources really quick before we dive into anything else. Number one, we have Deprogrammed, a documentary by Mia Donovan. Uh, We then have an article that she wrote about or that was written about her making the documentary um, by Refinery29 by Alina Nicolau. We have Ted Patrick, the first cult fighter by Paul Morantz. And we have Ted Patrick, Breaking the Spell that Binds by The Washington Post. We have the book, Let Our Children Go by Ted Patrick. And there is a ghostwriter on that as well. I'll get to that later in the episode. And then we have Devotion, Damages, and Deprogrammers, Strategies and Counter-Strategies in the Cult Wars by Barry A. Fisher. Are we ready? I I, I think so. And also I want to clarify, not sweet baby Ray, uh, Black Lightning is he's not our hero, right? We He's a complicated figure. Okay. Yeah. His intentions are pure, but he's more of an anti-hero, if you will. Yeah, his intentions mm-hmm. are pure and his actions are questionable. Yeah. Cool. Much like yeah. my body, it is a complicated figure. <laughs> <laughs> is he tall? Is he fat? I can't decide. Why I got these skinny little legs and this big belly? I don't get it. 
I thought you were gonna say big dick. <laughs> no, it's the balls. We've it's established balls. it's just the balls. It's the balls, Blaine. Uh. I'm keeping. I'm keeping expectations bulbous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man. So one of the things we left off with last week was conflicting stories about Ted's first instance of deprogramming. We had Ted's story about his son, and then we had another narrative about a 19 year old boy that went missing, and we weren't sure which one was true. I am happy to say that I actually found more information and I can confirm that both are true, which was probably not the outcome anyone was predicting. But Ted did deprogram his son and that 19-year-old boy that went missing is essentially his first exterior deprogramming case and he is a real person. So if you'll remember, they had 4th of July on the beach. His son had interacted with the children of God and then being a good parent, he called around to see If other people had seen the creepy cult also and found 52 other parents with similar stories and one who was missing her 19 year old son and the police wouldn't look for him because he was of age. That woman's name and in part this is because it's the 1970s and so they refer to married women by their husband's title. So it's Mrs. Samuel Jackson. (laughs) Uh, Not a fan of that. Uh, her son's name was Billy, Billy Jackson. So you, so she's Samuel Jackson, but the lady, right? Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. So we could say, but we could say that it was Samuel Lady Jackson, Samuel L. Jackson for sure. Samuel L. L. for lady. Madam Samuel Jackson. Ma- Madam Samuel Jackson. And she's tired of these motherfucking cults on these motherfucking beaches. <laughs> Paige, really quick. Did you, did you hyphenate or change your name when uh, you and- Legally, I- changed my name uh because i have a stage name so it didn't matter uh so uh legally yeah uh but then COVID happened and so that paperwork mm, so technically i still have both names okay all right yeah yeah when i file taxes i have to like my name is still technically my maiden name but then they'll have you list like have you gone by any other names and i have to list both my stage (laughs) name and technically my married name yeah oh Okay. Yeah. Armando, yeah. you don't have a stage name, do you? You're not lying to me about you, who you are, are you? <laughs> nope. No, I didn't realize you could do that. I didn't realize you could do that until I said all these cr- incriminating facts about myself on multiple <laughs> multiple pieces of content. Uh, it's just because my maiden name is often either misspelled or mispronounced. Copy so, that. you know. I did trade up when I got married as far as names go, but by then it was too late. I think Rasputin's a pretty name. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Blaine. I appreciate that a lot. So the Jackson family, they're the first to kind of come to Billy with what he would call a deprogramming case. Now, he doesn't actually find Billy, uh, at least not from what I can find out, but Billy is the reason he infiltrates Children of God. He's the reason that he gets on that bus. And in order to make the rest of this episode and some of his early deprogramming days make sense, we have to talk a little bit about the Children of God. Not a ton, because we do definitely want to do episodes on them, and they're like a big bad. This is, I mean, that's like a five, six episode arc type of cult. Damn. Yeah. They're brutal. And we honestly, that's one of the ones that we have been putting off for so long because none of us want to do it. It's such a bummer. So it's such a it's bummer such a story. It's such a bummer story. It's the worst. It's oh. so horrible. Uh, You know, it's, oof, it is a bad one. 
I tell you what, guys, I'll do it. I'll do it. Put me on the case. <laughs> you know Ooh. what? Yeah. I'll condense it. I'll condense it into one episode. <laughs> Have fun reading their comics. Uh, you won't. What? It's horrifying. It's the worst thing yeah. ever to be printed. It's real. Woof. So be right back and I look up Children of God comic book. <laughs> don't oh, don't they got Marvel comics published? No. <laughs> I was gonna say d- don't. The FBI will put you on a list. Oh, do, not gonna do that. Okay. Do not download those. Wait, wait, wait. I know a way around this. Incognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 Blaine. Use a stage name. Ah, yeah. Blurn Gerbson. <laughs> Take that FBI. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry, Blair Gerbson we'll is know. so good. <laughs> Verter Carbrew for Brian Gerbson. <laughs> Anytime I have to sign up for a for a fucking uh, service, I don't want to give him my name. I'm gonna call myself Blair Gerbson. You could just Blurred. be Ermundertures. <laughs> That's too close to the real name. Purgewurstler. Yeah, Purgewurstly. <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Page for Wessels, which for some reason Armando has taken to calling me. It's like my secondary stage name. Page for uh, Wessels. Page for Wessels. So here's the cliff notes of Children of God. Just the bare minimum that we need to know to understand the rest of this story. Children of God was headed up by a man named David Berg, and he was actually still involved with the group at the time that Ted was infiltrating them. And if you know about the Children of God, you know that most people agree that it started around 1968, so only a couple years before this, under the name Teens for Christ. And David Berg, the founder, was originally a pastor with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, which is like a regular denomination of Protestant Christianity, and he broke ties with them when he decided that his teen outreach group should become a full-blown cult. So they founded communes and traveled by bus to different parts of the country to recruit, and by 1972, they'd grown so large that David Berg communicated largely via letters to the group, because that was the only way to reach everybody. They're often referred to as the Mo letters, and they are creepy as hell because the group would end up splintering and change names multiple times due to widespread sexual abuse within the cult, most of it at David Berg's direction, or in some cases, by David Berg directly because he was molesting his own family members, both blood relatives and adopted children. There have been a number of deaths by suicide because of the treatment of this cult. It is dark, to say the least. It's not great. So family tree, it goes teens for Christ, then children of God, and then that splintered out into multiple things? There's there's a couple. Are they still under the the same umbrella of the, or before, or like you said, they splintered off because they didn't like creepy Derverberg? Derverberg. So... They start as Teens for Christ, then they become uh, Children of God, and they stay Children of God up until like the late 70s, early 80s. Then they become the Family International, which is how they're known today. But there Mm. are splinters that are different versions of that. Um, But part of the reason those splinters happen is David Berg was advocating for sexual relationships with within families like he was having a sexual relationship with his own children but then was also 
requiring essentially regular sexual interactions between adults and children throughout the entire time he was in charge of the cult and then would have those cult members work as sex workers to try and recruit people. I take it back. I don't want to do the episode. <laughs> but We're I already still want committed. to read their comic books. Don't worry. I still we'll want just... to see what these comics are about. You don't. You really don't. You don't. You don't. Just just wait till the movies come out. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you don't want to do it, we'll just get Blurred Gerbson instead. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, yes, sir. Hey, everybody. I'm Blurred Gerbson. <laughs> Gerbson. I work for Rooster Molar. <laughs> Isn't, wait, what is it? Rat something productions i rat work man for rat man that's rat, what it is. rat boy what is it rat man yeah was rat it rat man, man? i think rat man productions yeah. which honestly i kind of like that name i, I kind of like that, that too i was like if that's not taken i work for rat man productions so all of this to say that ted patrick's infiltration of the children of god was timed perfectly because he was infiltrating in 1971 and the cult was undergoing some growing pains they were trying to create more communes and expand across the country, and that took people, but more importantly, it took money, which explains what Ted experienced. And we didn't go into it in too much detail last time, but we're going to go into it now. When Ted boarded that bus, he was taken out to their commune in Santee, just outside of San Diego. Armando, <laughs> do you want to describe what Santee is like? I've used this joke before, but uh, I I just got back from Santee, and boy, are my tires stolen. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Every place has a Santee. It's less a geographical location and more a state of mind uh, where the only school subject that matters is chemistry, um, if you get what I'm saying. Uh, Yep, yep. Their favorite band is definitely ICP, and there's usually a KKK (laughs) presence. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's like the go-to punchline for like any place, like Flernsburg, uh, <laughs> fucking Bakersfield. Like yeah. everyone has a same. And to clarify, I'm not I'm not saying that Juggalos are part of the KKK. I'm saying that no. these are factions that are at war with each other in these types of cities. Yeah, yeah. The, it's the fucking wild. ICPs out there chicken hunting and fucking busting heads and shit. Yeah, it is a wild place. There's a local place here in Austin called Via Through and Three. It's very good pizza, and they have soda. They don't have like Coke or Pepsi. They sell a different kind. And it wasn't until the other day that I realized I've been drinking Fago unironically for the last three years, <laughs> and I feel awful. <laughs> what flavor? Well, yeah, what was flavors? It? Rock and Rye. Rock and Rye's not bad. Rock and Rye. Rock and Rye is a good one. Yeah. 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 How do magnets work? <laughs> I don't want to talk to a scientist. They're always looking at books and getting me pissed. Uh, So Ted was taken out to Santee and it's also hot as balls in Santee. Yeah, it is brutal. Um, And once he got there, he was guided into a room with speakers lining the walls. And David Berg himself was there preaching for hours about how everyone's parents were the devil and they should give all of their money and possessions to the children of God for Christ's mission. And they kept Ted and the other potential new members awake for another 48 hours straight. Yo. Yeah. Without feeding them or giving them water. Allegedly, they had bathroom breaks, but they were heavily guarded. Like, they weren't allowed, like, out, out. 
and at the 48-hour mark, they let them take a short nap. Ted awoke from his nap and claimed that he was starting to agree with the cult, but snapped himself out of it, which, by the way, lack of sleep, bright lights, constant auditory stimulus, all of these things are like cult 101. That's how large group awareness trainings work. It's how like, you know, positivity seminars even sometimes will do that. It's to try and weaken your defenses against questioning what people are saying to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's also the key principles of Vegas. So. (laughs) (laughs) And it works there, man. Like it's loud. You're awake. There's no clocks in the casinos. Yeah. So they were finding these kids and basically convincing them to hop on a bus, like run away from home. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then take them out there. Like, what if a kid protested and said, no, I want to take a nap or I want to get out of here? Is he just fucking stuck there? Um, he, they did physically restrain Ted's son. So I wouldn't put it past them. Although, from what I understand, if somebody was like fighting it, they'd let them go. But then you're just stuck out in Santee. Now you got to find a way back. Um, oh, which is a fate worse than being in a cult. Uh, well, I mean, it's just <laughs> tough. Especially because this is like... You know, this is the 70s. It's not like there's Uber or, you know, they're at best, they've got a taxi ride or another bus. And, you know, yeah. do they have the money to do that? Who knows? Um, and the taxis in Santee are run by local hero, Blurn Gerbson. <laughs> That's right. Hey, kids, <laughs> you ride back home. Heard <laughs> you got back from the coat, the wall to wall speakers. <laughs> Hop in my Subaru. Mm. Uh, So Ted was, after he woke up with his nap, pressured to speak with other members who were then trying to continue to convince him to, like, give over all his possessions and join. And he lied to them and said that he believed everything and he just had to leave and go get all of his money and bring his family back to the group. And so they let him go because apparently they gullible as hell. Yeah. I mean, this is such a great. Oh, man, I left my wallet in my other pants. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so, I mean, if they're also enduring this, I mean, I'm sure that they get to actually take nap breaks, yeah. but still, they're probably also a little loopy, so they're like, okay, you go ahead. Go ahead, get man. Go ahead. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, and as we mentioned last week, this experience galvanized Ted, and even though the law wasn't on his side, because, again, these people are adults, and they can choose to join a cult if they want, and the law can't stop them, he decided that he had to do something. And so he started spreading the word to those 52 families, and he soon found another family who had lost their daughter to the same commune that Ted had just visited, allegedly dropping out of USC in the process. Now, he talks about this in his book, but he has changed their names for safety. But here's what happens according to him. They pulled up to the compound in a large sedan with the girl's parents in the back seat, him in the front seat. And as they drove, they saw the girl walking alone, They pulled up beside her, stopped the car, and Ted hopped out and forcibly kidnapped her. They quickly sped off and took her to a local motel where they spent three days interrogating her and depriving her of sleep. Essentially the same thing the cult had done. But after three days, she seemed to have snapped out of the brainwashing the cult had subjected her to. Or maybe she was just brainwashed with new stuff. Either way... It seemed to work. <laughs> yeah, she was just like, hey, man, I love what you guys are saying, but I left my sanity in my other pants. Yeah. So I'll be right just, back. Just, 
Yeah, I'll just don't be right worry. back. I'll just be right back. Ted's like, I don't know about this, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I have also been awake for 48 hours. hours. Also, Ted's still alive. Sorry. Ted yeah. just looked it up. Dude's still kicking. Dude's still, still kicking. Do you think he's, do you think he's still uh, kidnapping people? And no, he's not. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. He, he is not. Uh, but again, this is a case of she had joined a cult that is bad. Like, we fully know it was not good for her to be there. But yeah. the process of getting her out violates a lot of her civil liberties. It's literally kidnapping, and it's not great. So while Ted's heart is fully in the right place of, like, wanting the best for her, his methods are questionable, which is going to be a big thing in our last episode. I was going to try to find the spot and identify when Ted went off the rails, and I think that was the moment. The, this is it. And this is his first, like, quote-unquote, successful deprogramming of somebody else that's, like, not his son. Uh-huh. But it prompts him to found what's called the Free Cog Organization, or that's what he calls it originally. He later changes it to the Citizens Freedom Foundation, and then finally it becomes the Cult Awareness Network. Did you call it the, he called it the Free Cog Network? Yes, because, and this is a big, big thing with Ted, he, when people confront him and they're like, you're taking people's choice away, like these are adults I understand that a cult is bad, but you can't choose for other people. That's you're imposing your choices on another person. And he's like, well, these cults want to rob them of their freedom. I want to give them back the freedom of thought. (laughs) You're like, but technically, like, here's the thing. I know cults are bad. I I know that you want to get people out, but brainwashing somebody back is not necessarily the same. And so his argument is he's freeing them to free cognition. Basically, he's freeing them to think their own things as long as those things are not the cult things. I'm going to capture these motherfuckers. I'm going to force them to be free, whether they want to be or not. (laughs) Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like how America starts wars. (laughs) You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your people are being oppressed. Bomb, 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 bomb. You're free. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> We're keeping our troops here for thirty years. <laughs> exactly. Wars. I think you mean friendships. <laughs> <laughs> that uh. fucking sucks. Also, I realized what tripped me up is I was thinking of precogs. Yes, like from, from Minority fucking... Report. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. Um. So, as he continued to take like ad hoc like one-on-one deprogramming jobs from other desperate parents they started to spread the word word of mouth and it started with those first 52 parents that he met at the beach and then they told three people and they told three people and they told three people and suddenly it was this kind of like like underground secret where parents who were either involved in groups with each other to try and talk about losing their children to cults or involved with their churches would kind of whisper to each other like, hey, so-and-so got my kid out. And then they would contact Ted and arrange pricing for a deprogramming. And then they would go with him and kidnap their children back. (laughs) And that's how it would work. Um, And Again, remember, these parents had no other legal alternative. Usually they had gone Mm -hmm. to law enforcement first. A lot of times they had tried to do it themselves. And this is what they saw as their last resort. So again, people with hearts in the right place may be taking actions in the wrong place. 
Do you think he ever moonlit as like one of those people that like kidnaps you for your bachelor party? Ooh, no, but that's a wow. great idea. That's what he should have been doing on the side. They're like, hey, this guy got my kid out of the cult. And somebody like takes the card and is like, dude, no way. This guy took me to Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that a service? That's a, that's a real yeah. thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you like arrange it and they like kidnap you and take you to your like bachelor party. There's also like more intense ones where like they kidnap you and like it's to give you that experience, I guess. Like that's... To, to like fight your way out like a secret agent. I, yeah, apparently. I that's to oh, me. Oh, like Michael, sounds Michael Douglas is the game. Uh yeah, exactly. God, I, I must either have very boring friends or just like good friends who are not doing this to <laughs> each other. I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter, Blake. <laughs> it's yeah, a okay. thousand percent the latter. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Got it. Um but another element to this is that as words started to get out, some of those parents started to talk to local newspapers or local news channels, and Ted would do literally any interview. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if you want to talk to him, he's down. <laughs> and it was at a kind of strange time in history because as the 70s continued, cult activity was actually reaching a fever pitch. The summer of love was over, and the communes that had been built in the 60s on free love were now taking on a bit of an authoritarian bent, and they were recruiting hardcore. Specifically, the Moonies and the Hare Krishnas were recruiting heavily in New York, to the point where it was resulting in rivalries in the streets. And I can't think of a lamer street fight than the Hare Krishnas versus the Moonies. Instead of snapping, they're like hitting the little uh, tambourines yeah. together. They're throwing those awful <laughs> cookies at each other. I don't know if you've ever had a Hare Krishna give you a cookie. They are terrible. I, I'm sorry to ask, and I hope that this isn't wildly inappropriate. And if it is, please cut it out. Okay. Are, is Hare Krishna is that is that a religion or is that a cult? Like, what is that? So we have not done an episode on it yet. Uh, now they're known as the International Krishna Consciousness, I believe, and there are oh, so a cult. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's variations. Um, some groups are uh, a little less culty than others, but this is kind of the OG group, uh, and. It gets pretty culty. They have their own communes. They do prevent people from leaving. They do take people's money. It's like a whole thing. Do um, they have a comic book? I need to know. No, I don't think so. Fuck. No, I'm not joining them. <laughs> Is that all it takes? Dude, you should have joined the group that we did the week before we started this series. You would have loved that one. Or Unarius. Yeah. Join Unarius, man. Unarius, I, I know, that rings a bell. That's the that one. one with the lowriders where they believe that everything that's ever happened is canon to our universe. Yeah, so Star Wars is real and they oh. were a part of it. Oh, mm -hmm. I want to join this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's the one with the, she's got the crazy costume. That yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I listened to that series. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Blaine is Blaine is currently wearing a Star Wars uh, hoodie right On now. On the day when his modeling photos for more Star Wars clothes came out. Hell yeah. yeah. The alternative was to wear the tank top that I have underneath for the exercise I'm about to do after this recording, and I just didn't want to welcome that into my life. Just oh. wearing a tank top in front of you, <laughs> you hounding me, both of you. Fuck you. You prying eyes. Are you worried? Fuck Are you, you worried that Armando would get too aroused? I don't, I don't know. I'm just worried about all the different comments. I just didn't want to. So I, I'm going to zip up. I'm going to put my hood on, in fact. Hood is going on now. 
I don't know how many of the comments have made it into the episode. I don't know what we've cut out so far, but I have called Blaine handsome what? No less than 20 times at this point? A lot, a lot. I'm too yeah. busy roasting somebody else later tonight, so I am. I have not been focusing on how to make Blaine feel bad. Uh, I have to say, with the hoodie on and the microphone and the, <laughs> the headphones underneath, this is a very fun look. I'm going to yeah. this. You do look like an emo Teletubby. I look like one of the kids from E.T., Yes. Can we take a? I'm gonna take. Can we take a screenshot of this? <laughs> me with me with wet hair that I have to blow dry so that I I look cool later. Three, two, one. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta post this into MS Paint real quick. <laughs> there we go. If you want to see that photo? You can follow them at Cold Podcast Show. If you want to see that photo, you can follow us on Instagram at Colt Podcast or on Twitter at Colt Podcast Show. And we'll post the tank top one for Patreon. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there are literally Colt Street fights happening. And the, <laughs> the attorney general releases a study on cult groups and related religious movements. And it actually included testimony from members and their parents. So now a lot of people all over the country are paranoid about cults in their neighborhood. And it's exactly that same satanic panic fear of, are my kids joining a sex cult at the mall? Like, it's that because of this attorney general document. Mm. Um, the documentary, the deprogrammed documentary that I listed at the beginning of sources covers a number of Ted's cases from this time. And it's a really, really, really interesting documentary because even the documentarian, I think, started making that documentary to display how bad of a person Ted was. Um, mm. But then the more stories she got, even though the deprogramming stories were horrible, people would also talk about what it was like in the cult. And most of them subsequently got out of those cults, either via Ted or other people. And so she ends up with kind of mixed feelings on it where she's like, I understand that Ted did not always do the right thing. And there are cases where he is not necessarily justified in the actions that he took. But also the stories about what these people went through in the cults are also bad. One of the ones that she features is one from this time, a guy named Steve. And he, in the later 70s, was approached at a fast food restaurant with a group of similarly aged young people. They kind of peace, revolution, free loved their way into hanging out for a weekend, and they didn't tell him that they were Moonies. There was no mention of religion or Moonies at all. They pitched it to him as like a political, revolutionary, peace, and counterculture group. But then he ended up cleaning toilets and selling flowers for the Moonies for 12 to 14 hours a day for two years. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I, can you imagine like being in that position where you realize like, oh, fuck, I'm in a cult. Damn it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, and it's got to happen. It, it does. And for some people that happens during Ted's deprogramming, but not mm -hmm. everybody. And there are a lot of times that we'll talk about a lot more tomorrow where Ted tries to deprogram somebody and the experience is so terrible it pushes them back and they escape and go back to the cult and it happens Yikes. a couple different times um, yeah. but these are the kinds of things that they're trying to pull their kids out of it's not an empty fear I guess is what I'm saying but it was at this point that Tom Dulac who ends up being the ghostwriter for Ted's book figured that he had 
a story on his hands. He'd heard rumors of a man, quote, curing people of cult influence out West. And so he went in search of Ted and together they would write Ted's book, Let Our Children Go. We're now at this point in the mid 70s. A few years have passed and he's been doing a few dozen deprogramming trips during this time. By the way, if you're curious, he's said to have deprogrammed between 1,000 and 1,600 people in a matter of 30 years. Damn! Say that number one more time. 1,000 to 1,600. I think that's... I think that might be inflated Inflated? a bit. Um, But I do think it's a lot because we we know specifically a number of them so it's not an insignificant amount and most of those at this point had become had been from the children of god because they were local and he basically became children of god's like public enemy number one (laughs) i was gonna say from the cult's perspective all of the cults do you think this guy was like their boba fett yes they hated him they hated him and i'll get to it a little bit later but they they try to take legal action against him uh bunch i wonder how that held up in court yeah well we'll talk about it actually um (laughs) but this is kind of where he gets that black lightning nickname because he was literally snatching people off the street so fast and they couldn't keep up with him and he had started to set his sights on bigger fish like the moonies and he was starting to refine his process for publication in his book so he decided it was time for him to hire a staff One of the first people he hires is a secretary. So this secretary is a woman who wanted to hire him to deprogram her son from the Hare Krishnas because he was going to leave and move into their compound in Los Angeles. And she couldn't afford the deprogramming and saw him on the news. And she basically said to him, like, I can't afford this, but I got to get my son back. I'm going to lose him forever. And he agreed to do the deprogramming for free if she would be his secretary. (laughs) Damn. So that's how she like ends up in the mix. Um, They do end up. And this is just some of the notes about like what happens to people during these deprogramming sessions. They cut all of his hair off during the deprogramming. So like. It's a weird unnecessary detail. It's pretty violating is what I would say. Like it's, it's one of those things where you're like. I'm glad he's back, question mark. And and she seems thankful. Everyone seems to think that it worked. But like, both of you have a lot of hair right now. Imagine if somebody just held you down and shaved your head. Yeah, I was I was just thinking about how iconic my hair is to my whole look and yeah. how good of Blaine's haircut looks. Just so, so handsome. Oh my God, God. damn it, Armando. Stop it, stop it. Like a sexy young Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I like how we just flipped around and instead of insulting Blaine this whole episode, we're just hitting on him and it's fun. Yeah. And I don't like it either way. <laughs> stop it. Stop. Uh, so I don't I don't understand where he landed. I, had he tried other strategies to deprogram and then ultimately landed on, if you can't beat him, join him, like using humiliation and mind control against people to get him out? that that's what worked from what i can understand and i will talk about it a little bit more is because there is a televised deprogramming at one point oh Um, that sounds horrible exorcism but not as cool well it involves an exorcism at one point uh he taped nearly all of his deprogrammings so we have video footage of a lot of these 
Did he did he ever film the kidnapping parts of it? No, not not really. It's usually just once they get them back to the hotel. That's... And sometimes it would be playing the videos back for them and and mm-hmm. so like do you hear yourself? And it usually was it doesn't start out like it doesn't start at head shaving and exorcisms. No. It starts at conversation. And the sooner you are like you're right, it's a cult. Okay, can I go quicker home? Quicker it's over. Yeah, the the quicker it's over. But here's the thing, and we're going to get into this a lot tomorrow. What is a cult and who gets to decide? And that's the tough part. Because yes, Children of God is terrible. Uh, Moonies, terrible place to be also. And you definitely want to give people a way to get out and help them out. But what we'll see later on is... A cult in the eyes of this kind of deprogramming operation becomes whatever your parents kind of disagree with. And that becomes a problem because then Mm. they start trying to deprogram people from things like homosexuality or metal music. And at a certain point, you're like, I'm not in a cult. How do I express to you (laughs) modern day it would be like minecraft and fortnite yeah (laughs) dungeons and dragons black lightning my kid won't stop (laughs) (laughs) modern day deprogramming which we'll talk about (laughs) next week is very different um than this but however long the deprogramming goes base is based kind of on how strongly you kind of you know, plant your feet in whatever you are believing in and how, you know, he would call it stubborn, but I would say convicted maybe in your beliefs. Um, And so for some people, it's a couple days and they're like, I'm fine. Some people realize what's going on and are just like, I'm fine. Can we end this? And then run away. So like people do learn to play him a little bit. But then there are other people who get tortured for like five days and they're, you know, missing a week of sleep and just constantly being berated. And, you know, um, they perform an exorcism on one of them. Like, it's not good. And it always starts with he starts them out with a conversation, which, to be honest, this is where I think Ted really excels. And I feel like this is more of what modern deprogramming looks like is this conversational portion where it's like asking questions and poking holes in the things that the cult has told them so it's like while sitting in a chair with the wrong way <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. with the back <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly your belly. i i like the i like cool teacher chair for a second i thought you were gonna go like james bond chair like no seats <laughs> just fucking swinging that knot of ropes god You'd look good in that chair, though, Blaine. This is the new bit. This is the new bit. Uh, you think it's a bit. I can't oh, in good funny. faith participate in this bit. Um, you're welcome. Thank you, Paige. Thank you, you Rasputin. I, I respect you bit, as, huh? as a human. Yeah. There's only one bit I want. <laughs> oh, God. I do like that Dan... Or, sorry... I, I, I like that he was videotaping these because it makes sense that he would play them back for a, but for a moment, I entertained the idea that he was using them as like his greatest hits. Like he's like, now that's what I call Ted Patrick deprogramming. Volume he does three. use them as like evidence of like, see, this person came out. Okay. 
Dude, you you should see the fucking blooper <laughs> reels. They are hilarious. But they start to get out of hand. You know, it, it goes from just being Ted being like, now they're having you collect all this money for God. Why would God need money? He's God. Like, just simple, like... So why would God want your parents dead? I mean, that's how you got here. Like, your parents took care of you all this time, and they were never mean to you or terrible to you, so why would God want them dead? And he just kind of engages them in this almost, like, circular questioning style of, like, they reply with what the cult told them, and he's like, well, but why, though? And the more he gets them to talk about it, the more they're like, oh, you're right, that does not make sense at all. And that's those are the more successful ones, the ones that get resolved kind of during that conversational period, um, which is some of them, not all of them. They do have an interview in the documentary with one woman who did kind of resolve hers within that period, but not based on something that Ted was asking her. Like he was asking her other questions and it had kind of prompted her to think about other things. And after a while, she was like, Oh, shit. Yeah, this doesn't make sense at all. And then was just like, not your question, but we're cool. <laughs> like, we're good. Yeah. We can wrap this up. And he's like, did another one. Yeah. Chow. <laughs> That's his black lightning sound. That is a very good, uh, like, mental trap to get somebody to fall into. Just like uh, Blaine Gibson has very nice traps on his physical body. Oh, God. That he was went the from last listening one. very closely to what Paige was talking about to make jokes about that to like, how can I spin this into a pickup with Blaine? <laughs> no, I am. That is that that is, I fucking the thought process of of somebody just sitting there and being like, no, 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 wait, no, 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 you shut the fuck up, hold on. Yeah. Oh fuck, you're right. I mean, uh, you're not right. Like, I I get it, I get it, but let me out of here. But like, like fuck you, dude. But like, you do make a good point. I've had that exact conversation with like managers at work and various jobs where I'm just like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, all right, fine, yeah, fine, me. fine. Yeah, like, I'll do it, I'll do it, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. I hate that well, shit. and I mean, uh, like, it's, it works in two ways. Ted thinks he's convincing them. That That's what he thinks is happening, that he's talking them out of it. But really, one of the bigger things that he's doing is just forcing them to think about the things that they're saying. And so whether or not his questions are doing it, it's that forced, like, I'm answering this, but is that what I think? And how should I answer this? Why would I answer this? Does this make sense? And that's really what seems to kind of crack through for people. I I am better than I used to be at this, but I used to be a very not fun person to be high with because I love figuring out like what makes a person's brain tick. Um, and so when I used to get high with people, uh, I would ask them like endless questions where I would basically just try to break down like why they believe the things that they believe. Mm -hmm. Um, and these are people, you know, who aren't in cults, who don't necessarily have very weird beliefs or, or not even weird, like controversial or anything. They're just very normal people. And even they would start to question the shit that they believed and the way that they thought it's like a really kind of fucked up way to do something to somebody, but it does promote self-reflection. So I get what you're saying. where like the idea behind making them feel considerate is probably good but he probably did more harm than actual good forcing people to like 
rethink and reprogram like every single thought they've ever yeah, had. It's it's not a painless process. E- like no ma- even no. the lowest level deprogramming is not painless. And that I mean, here's the thing, if you're going to forcibly remove someone from an abusive situation, that's that's I mean, it's tough to do. And even if it's even if the people's intentions are good, even if they don't infringe on your civil liberties at all, uh, even if mm-hmm. no one hurts you and people are just having a calm conversation with you, it's difficult to reframe your thoughts, which is why usually we tell people people don't leave cults until they're ready to leave because they've done that internal questioning and work on their own. And they're at a place where, yes, I'm willing to accept these questions. I understand that this has not been good in my life. But that means that it could take a long time and they could be in this organization for a long time and that could be very painful. And some people never leave because it is an abusive situation. But forcibly removing somebody, although potentially for their benefit, is hard too. And it's a complicated moral quandary of like, is it okay for to do this to people? There's probably like a small group of them as well that are just very impressionable people. So like for Ted to get them and to have a conversation, then they're just like they'll just kind of follow that guy's lead because they're just like, yeah, he's got. Yeah, some good I points. mean, if he's keeping like, you up for three days with no food and yelling at you, at a certain point you're gonna say anything to get out of there, and it works the same way the cult does it. Like it's the same stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, it's my thing was not. I want to be clear that I wasn't like kidnapping anyone and forcing them to get high and conversate. What do you with call me? that one time then? <laughs> 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 so I, you're saying that Obi Wan knew that Luke and Leia were brother and sister before they made out, and they didn't tell them. You're saying <laughs> that Greedo that. shot Holy first. Shit. What? Uh, Greedo didn't shoot first. Hans a bastard. Clunky. <laughs> Uh, I do, but I, I will say that, uh, I, I didn't want, I didn't, I don't want anyone to think that I kidnap people and force them to get high, but I am the reason that people don't want to, you know, hang out with me anymore. Actually, you could probably say that about anyone that you are the reason no one wants to hang out with you. So now Ted has a secretary because he was able to bring her son back and then he started to hire motorcycle gang members. Uh, specifically one that he refers to as the goose in his book (laughs) to help him perform the kidnappings. And he also hires a man known only in the book as Danny, who I will get to later because I found some extra stuff. (laughs) So. Oh, dear. It's a motley crew crew. we have here. This is like a movie. About to get very movie like. As we have learned through multiple episodes of Cult Podcast, if you hire bikers to do a normal job, it always goes well. <laughs> it's never a Especially problem. Especially <laughs> in the security detail sector yeah. of work. It's never They've constant never stabbed issue. someone for almost shooting Mick Jagger. <laughs> never. Yeah. As we covered in that episode, I do want to say, like, everyone focuses on the stabbing. No one focuses on the fact that he saved Mick Jagger's life. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Maybe didn't need to stab. I'll say that much. I don't know. Uh, I just they're they're very into what they do. They're very proud of their work. Yeah. I wouldn't shit on them too hard. They're good for those bikers. Really giving it their all. You know? <laughs> they were drunk as shit. They were <laughs> drunk as shit, and they stabbed a guy. But yeah, they did it for a good cause. So Ted gets a call from a wealthy realtor, a man named Ralph Collins, or at least that's his name in the book. 
and his daughter Pam was living on a Children of God commune in Colorado. So Ted agrees to organize the deprogramming. They arrive at the commune with the goose in tow. Ralph and his wife are in the car, and they have Danny riding in the trunk. Oh, Danny. Wait, is Danny in yes, on this? Danny is or... part of the crew. Okay. Uh, as they drove up to the commune, they actually found their daughter, Pam, quickly. But by now, as I mentioned, Ted is children of God's enemy number one, and they'd started to... F- refer to him as Black Lightning, even internally, and they were exceptionally (laughs) protective, especially of their wealthier members. And because her parents are rich realtors, they were guarding her closely. So she had five bodyguards in tow, which was going to make kidnapping her difficult. Cue Danny, who hops out of the trunk and dispatches the bodyguards because he was trained in karate and they successfully snatch her and deprogram her. Danny! Fuck yeah. Danny Karate. That's his first and last name. Danny Karate. And the goose. goose. And when I first read this, it sounded made up. And I was like, is this just Ted talking for entertainment and it's not real? But then I found a really interesting Amazon review on Ted's book, and it's not like definitive proof, but I'm going to read it for you right now. I was involved in getting Pam Collins out of the Children of God in the Woodland, Colorado compound back in 1972, pages 62 to 69 of this book. My name in the book is Danny. I was fortunate to meet Ted and have a great admiration for his knowledge and courage, and especially for awakening the country to the great dangers of the cults. In the Collins apartment, he told me what Charles Manson did in the 60s would look like a picnic compared to what cults were going to do in the future. Sure enough, Jim Jones and Jonestown followed he was right the story in the book is very accurate i'm now the chair of a psychology department in a missouri college and i have taught a section on cults to my general psychology classes as well as to my social psychology classes for 35 years this book is always required reading danny yes danny. what the fuck what what i that's not when you said he was a teacher, I thought you meant like at a dojo, and now I'm upset. Here's, here's the thing. The karate part, I'm like, maybe that is overstated. Maybe that's not real. But mm-hmm. he does help with the kidnapping. But also, it's like in the story, it's it's Ted, the goose, Danny, yeah. and the parents taking on yeah. five guards. So, I mean, no, 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 ball, no, no, ball no, went no. down. No, they said it was Danny who just I'm hopped saying, out though, of the like, truck. There was karate that went down. Something they didn't just went down. Pull up. Somebody, somebody karateed somebody's face. Um, Hell yeah. S- somebody judo chopped somebody to the neck. <laughs> they got the girl in the trunk. Danny fucking karate chops everyone. He hops back in the trunk. Because he prefers to ride in the trunk for some reason. I, well, I think he's the surprise. I think I think he's their backup, like, secret weapon. <laughs> the, the trunk opens and he just gets out and goes, Danny's the surprise! And then just fucking they, they karate chops They gotta keep him under wraps so people don't know what they're dealing with when they roll up on them, just like Blaine's muscles. That's the Hell key. Hell yeah! 
Jesus. Fuck yeah. What does Danny look like, I wonder, though? Oh, I, have, I mean, I have can, no idea. you can track this guy down. You can look at the lists of professors that taught at that university. You can look through the syllabi. We can find out who Danny <laughs> we, is. We would have to find out what college he was teaching at, which it doesn't list. It just says a college in Missouri, of which there are many uh but i mean we can I, find out i feel like if we re- cross reference every college professor teaching psychology from those years and everybody with a black belt in karate there's gonna <laughs> be like three also missouri there's probably not a lot of schools there right I mean, <laughs> there, there's enough <laughs> sorry sorry missourians but but also, missouri you're the new new hampshire you bitch <laughs> every time people are like yeah a black belt i remember that like jeff ross has a black belt so like yeah you know a lot of people have black belts (laughs) suffice it to say that for the next few years ted traveled the country straight up kidnapping people uh sometimes with goose and danny in tow and because children of god kept getting got they started to sue him they sued him multiple times for over five hundred thousand dollars and that's in 70s money Ted's been sued by Scientology five times, just by Scientology alone. Damn. And none of that is counting the people who filed criminal cases after deprogrammings went wrong. And they did go wrong, as we kind of talked about a little bit, and we'll talk about a lot more tomorrow. Or not tomorrow. We'll talk about a lot more in the next episode. Um, But here's the other thing you have to understand about the time there's a problem. The counterculture movement had left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths and Manson and other crimes had called the movement into question. So multiple times, Ted would be charged with kidnapping and serve small amounts of jail time, uh, usually making bail. And then they would get to the trial and the parents would testify that they specifically hired Ted to kidnap their own children and courts would side with the parents. So as a result, He started to hire other people to do the actual kidnapping for deniability, but they kept on deprogramming. And even though he would serve small jail sentences, they hadn't really gotten him on anything concrete. He would often get off with fines or probation, in large part because the court saw the cult as equally as harmful, which again, cults suck, but also he kidnapped people. (laughs) And sometimes people were mistreated and there's probably should be some criminal repercussions for some of that oh yeah there are at least seven snap necks with danny's name on it just (laughs) Just across missouri i i feel like we're kind of skipping over what's going on with goose because that guy is a biker gang member like there's he's killed people oh yeah for sure and and goose kind of takes over and, and other bikers too just goose had the funnest name um he takes over a lot of the snatching of like get him in the car <laughs> like that's his job so in 1978 ted got his big break see at this point he was still word of mouth and then if people happened to see him on the local news because he had deprogrammed somebody local to them but he hadn't gone national yet but in 1978 a writer for playboy interviewed ted because he thought the story was interesting He turned his notes into the editor-in-chief at the time, and the editor came back with an entire legal pad full of notes and questions because they felt like parts of Ted's story were outlandish and maybe didn't hold water. And it was the end of the week, so the notes would have to wait until Monday. 
But unfortunately, that date was November 18th, 1978. And if that date sounds familiar, it's because that's when the news of the Jonestown Massacre broke. The article was immediately greenlit with no revisions. It ran the very next week. Damn. So that article blew up. That took him national. And it's now a collectible issue. I found copies on eBay from anywhere from like $8 to a couple hundred. I did also find the centerfold. Uh, I was going to say, it wasn't because the article was a success that the that article... that is collectible. Because it was Merle Streep was on the cover or something like that. It's, it's a cheerleader. It's like the... It's a cheerleader issue. And so it's Denise McConnell is the, is the cover girl on it. Be right back. <laughs> I have them if you want me to just share screens. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, Denise McConnell obituary showed up, and now I'm sad. She oh. is dead. Um, But I do, I mean, here, I don't know. These are very naked pictures, so I'll leave it up to uh, you whether or not you want no, me to no, share I'm the good. screen. The goose is loose. <laughs> um, share the pictures. I'm, I'm going to respect Blaine's wishes and not share them. He can find Thank them. You. you can Google them on your own time. Yeah, it's, you got an internet machine right in front of you before your very eyes, Armando. So this, again, brings him into national prominence. And he ends up testifying before a congressional committee organized in 1979 by Senator Bob Dole. And according to News at the Time, Bob Dole had called that committee to, quote, provide a forum specifically for Ted and other anti-cult activists. Because after Jonestown, it was open season on cults. Everyone wanted to go after them. The whole government was on board. And so people start inviting Ted on TV shows to debate cult members. There's actually a really famous one where he debates members of the Hare Krishna. And it's available on YouTube. Highly recommend it. He's in a fancy leisure suit. It looks like a Soul Train video, but then they're yelling at each other. Ooh. <laughs> it's wild. But more importantly, a new show televised one of his deprogrammings. It's noted as the first televised deprogramming ever, and it took 97 hours. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, it was for a woman named Kathy Crampton, who had been in the Love is Real cult, uh, which was a doomsday cult. Uh, she said that the desire to join the cult was pretty instant, but once you joined, they didn't have any clocks or calendars or mirrors or TV or radios, only the Bible. And they would be frequently woken up in the middle of the night to discuss their dreams. So it disrupts your entire circadian rhythm, but also a lot of weird conversations about dreams. Yeah. No, it is. I, I understand, like, from a physical aspect, how terrible that is for your body. But there's just something funny to me about being woken up in the middle of the night by a cult leader being like, hey, you awake? What's you dreaming about? I'm imagining his his legs are kicked up in the air. He's laying on his stomach and he's got both his hands resting on his or his both his chin resting on his both his fists. <laughs> What's you dreaming about? Just kicking his little feet. All my teeth fell out and I was naked at school. Oh, I hate that one. <laughs> Did you know that the world's gonna end? <laughs> night night. <laughs> Have fun sleeping. Anyway, see you in the morning. Bye. The, the, the kiss at the yeah. end. That's the- <laughs> now, one of the really interesting parts of this video, which is in the documentary, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, she repeatedly says to Ted during the deprogramming, 
Can you tell me what rights I have? Can you tell me what civil liberties I have? Are you restricting my rights and my civil liberties? I want to talk to the police because she basically already realizes like, oh, no, (laughs) like this is bad. These people are not with any law enforcement. I have been kidnapped Um, and she is still alive or at least was at the time of the um, of the documentary. And she talks about how they turned the cameras off at one point and took her into a separate room and held a knife to her throat, basically telling her. You're not a spirit. If I cut you, you'll die. So do you want to reconsider your answers, basically? And she does say that ninety of those 97 hours, about eight hours of them were an exorcism, which caused excessive vomiting. And remember, she's not really eating or sleeping or anything like that. Um, but she thinks that that exorcism at least fools them enough to let their guard down. And the next day, she escaped in a passing car back to the commune in Seattle, so she oh is God. a she failed hop- deprogramming, yeah. She fucking hops in the trunk and Danny's just like, damn, took it right out of my own playbook. <laughs> like, this is my chair. <laughs> no, no, Danny's already in the trunk. <laughs> back, I gotcha. Cliff bar? Um, this sounds so fucking gruesome. It's terrible. Yeah. Uh, and here's the thing. She does eventually get out of the group. The group was also bad. But her deprogramming experience is horrifying it's absolutely horrifying and it's because of more and more stories like that that ted's fame was a little short-lived because in 1980 things were about to take a turn because more than a few deprogrammings had gone wrong and the tide of ted's courtroom luck was about to change and that's where we'll pick up next week damn yeah Mm-hmm. That's a, I, I was like, this guy's winning too much. When are we going to make, when are we going to see him lose? A lot. And, uh, We're going to see him next week. Next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Congrats, Blaine. We just made it to the midpoint. That's what we call it in the <laughs> industry, baby. In, in the biz. So with uh, that young lady that um, got, failed to be deprogrammed and then rejoined mm-hmm. the cult and then left, how did she leave? What were the circumstances of her leaving this, the uh the time she actually left. The time she actually left. There's actually a few different stories like that. We'll cover more stories like that next week, too. Um Jeez. Where that happened. There was a guy who escaped twice. <laughs> and a lot of times, they just get to a point personally where they're like, this group is not where I want to be. And they leave of their own volition, usually fairly peacefully. It's just much longer down the road. Yeah. And... In the documentary, they interview a ton of different people, and I would say like half of them escaped after they their deprogramming and went back, but then inevitably still left the group. So well, that, that guy yeah. who escaped twice—that's why you don't kidnap anyone n- nicknamed Slippery Jim. He's just gonna <laughs> get away. Well, he, he got that name. He becomes a very important court case that we're gonna talk about next week. I mean, there's <gasps> a lot of important cases. He's one of them, though. Wait, Slippery Jim? Uh, I mean, the man we have called Slippery Jim, the man who escaped <laughs> twice. Yes. Got the it. artist formerly known as Slippery Jim. <laughs> Slippery yes. Jim. Now he's just a now he's just a drawing of a man running away. Yeah. Oh my god. Thank you so much for this other episode. I I <laughs> I've realized that the last two times we've had Blaine on, it's been tangentially at least to to talk about exorcisms yeah um oh my god how you feeling Blaine? yeah i i'm feeling pretty good i mean i like again it's it's hard for me to 
not rally behind Black Lightning slash Ted because, you know, like what he was doing, I think he set out with a good intent. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like God, his, his, uh, the way he's going about it is just awful. And I've, I'm, I'm morbidly curious to see how he's going to really fuck up even more. I mean, the exorcism thing, that's already like, yeah, yeah, wicked messed up. Well, so. and, shit. Yeah, it's all fucked up. I mean, remember, this is someone who grew up watching his family be manipulated by religious groups like this. And I think some of that's coming through where he absolutely wants to get people out of these controlling organizations. But I think for him, it's like a personal battle. And that's where things go a little wrong, where I think sometimes he just takes stuff too far. And that's a problem because people are people and have to make their own choices. And that's that's what free will is about. Yeah. You also need sleep and naps. Yeah. Stop keeping people awake, yeah. please. Yeah. Just stop. Well, That's... and here's the crazy thing. So many of these cults do use lack of sleep and extreme hard work to break people down. Your deprogramming would almost be more successful if you kidnap people and then we're like, you just have four days to sleep and do whatever you want. <laughs> like, <laughs> get some rest, yo. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, Danny does karate, but you know what else he does? Shiatsu. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just come with us to this spa. You can eat wherever you want. Honestly, I'm curious how much that would work. <laughs> I am I curious. Like. I mean, here's the thing. When somebody has been in a controlling organization, sometimes they are still distrustful of things like that. And so mm. it's possible that it might not be enough. Um, I'll talk a little bit next week about how modern deprogramming kind of goes and again there's a lot of different kinds but a very common one is called an exit counselor where they handle it a little bit differently mm-hmm. um and i would say probably more in line with what i would think is a good option for people to leave so. i do think it's all sorry go for it oh, i was gonna say all this is interesting though like all this sleep deprivation stuff because i'm realizing why whenever i came home from church camp i was like mom and dad we're going to church you know like it was just a whole week of me not being not sleeping having a great fucking time when i was awake and then hearing about the word of god and playing like laser tag in the forest at night and stuff yep. dude church camp That's rocks right. what the fuck? church camp fucking rules church camp is the best here's the thing i know a lot of people have had horrible horrible church camp experiences and i'm so sorry if that happened to you oh, my personal church camp experience pretty fucking rad but i understand yeah. that that's not universal I think I went skinny dipping at my church camp. <laughs> wait, 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 with who? <laughs> What's her wait, name? <laughs> no, 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 no. I guess what age group? Oh oh, 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 it was like I mean, we were probably okay. No, it's fine as long as it was your teens. age group. That's that's the thing that I was worried about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was all people that were like last years of high school. <sighs> yeah. That's fine. That's nothing. I I think I've told this on the story before. I've never gone to church camp, but like when I was almost too old for like daycare during the summers my mom uh my mom signed me up for grace church in glendora which is a you know a christian church uh and i went there because they you know they t- if you're a member of the church they take you to like knott's berry farm they Vacation take you bible to school. like the pool yeah they took me to bible school never yeah. Never read the Bible once in my life. Just there with these other people, and they're like, "Yeah, look, Veggie Tales," and then like, "Let's go to Knott's Berry Farm." And I'm like, "Dude, Jesus is awesome!" Yeah. 
So like that's I, I mean, it. my youth group used to go to Disneyland for New Year's every year. Disneyland and Knotts, and because Knotts had like Christian music night on like the thirtieth, and then mm-hmm. Disneyland the thirty first, and that's how I saw the OC Supertones and shit. So yeah, no one that's ever awesome. talks about how much of a Jesus freak Charlie Brown is. <laughs> Nobody ever talks about how awesome it is to play Kajabi Can Can, which you know. Yeah. If I th- I think it's been a long time since I talked about Kajabi Can Can on the show, if I have ever. But it's basically a game where they have an empty trash can and then everyone's holding ropes and you're in a circle and you're trying to swing other people into the trash can. Oh, I've seen this and I want to play it's it. It's so much fun, Blaine. It is the most oh fun God. ever. I've seen people like do like barrel rolls yes! and like backflips to yes! avoid hitting the trash can. Oh Fuck. I have a low center of gravity because I'm short, so I was weirdly good at it for a while just because I could like clamp down and like just hold a position. But people get vicious and it's so much yeah, yeah. fun. Like honestly, if at some point the world is free enough where we can go to Texas and have a big open space to play, we should play because oh, it is that yeah. fun. That makes I more want your sense. giant husband to fucking toss me around like I'm a fucking tetherball. <laughs> oh my or god, yeah. Mondo, you have competition. <laughs> no, 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 no. Me and Jake will fucking play volleyball with Blaine's body. <laughs> Also, while we're on top, while we're talking about things that we want to do when we hang out, I want to play medicine ball volleyball. Have you seen this? Oh my god, I, I'm down. I when I played volleyball, they used to have a set medicine balls to like strengthen your fingers. Oh my Hell god, yeah. yeah. I, medicine ball, yeah, I got it. I thought you meant like we take a bunch of drugs and then play <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> Only Armando. You know what, Armando? That'd in this also be hilarious. You can do that, yeah. and then we'll we'll play. We'll play. And we'll yeah. Have a great time. Hey, somebody has to take Armando on their team. He got into the oxycotton again. <laughs> He's like, crap handsing in the corner. We'll just we'll make a list of things we have to play. We have to like do archery, throw discus, Kajabi can can, and Dude, fuck and this. Let's just go to Jesus camp. Let's just go I to Christ camp Dude, when we're done. Start our own church camp. Yeah. I bet we could rent out Hume Lake. It's pretty dope. <laughs> as long as you guys let me teach my own my own class at the at the, Absolutely at the church not. camp. Nope. But let's see what the OC supertones are doing. Hey everybody. I sit down in my fucking in my chair backwards and I go, let's talk about what the burning bush was really made of. <laughs> What's Reliant K doing these days? <laughs> uh, he's stuck in a Reliant K hole. Um anyway, hey, he's playing medicine ball volleyball. Uh it's a band. It's multiple people. Oh, did not know. Only one I know is POD. Um, oh, I bet they're free. They're probably on the, 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 what is it, the county fair circuit? We could get yeah. them. Oh, shit. Paige, come on. They're way too busy playing dog racing tracks around the country. <laughs> they, they don't have time for this. Gotta get that Five Iron Frenzy reunion tour going, bro. Yeah. They gotta be up early like- to play at 3 p.m. What's the lowest point? Is it like a, a city's like bicentennial or something celebration? <laughs> like. Um, yeah, because you barely beat out the like mayor's kids band, you know. Like, right. There's, there's no. I, I think it's or they were your opener. Well, I think it's <laughs> one of the two. I think it's cyclical because like my my uncle's brother in law has a band called the Damn Dirty Apes. Great name. Uh, yeah. And they went from playing like local bars and they got kind of popular and now they play like county fair. But if you're a famous band, you eventually get back down to county fair. So I think the next step is below that to just local bars with nobody oh, showing up. God. Got it. 
so like a normal comedian then. Yeah. Also, I've seen Smash Mouth, I think, twice, and I didn't mean to either times. <laughs> Once was at the Allen Celebration in Allen, Texas, and I think it was, I don't know if it was like a 4th of July thing or what, but it was like they did it right before a fireworks show, so Smash was, was there. And then I also went to this kind of funny prom, kind of funny is another group, kind of like Rooster yeah. Teeth that's up in San Francisco, and they were just there. So well, that's because they're local. Happening. Smash Mouth is from the Bay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. You just came, you just got there on a good day where they, they were like, they're, yeah, I got nothing else going on. They're at the Alameda County Fair like every year, bro. My parents see nice. Smash Mouth like pretty much yearly. Yeah. And then my mom texts me about it. And then for the whole day, I just text her back in like not iambic pentameter, but basically to the tune of All Star. <laughs> just like, hey, like, mom, honey, eat I- a corn dog, get some mustard, go play. Yeah. Paige, I can't talk right now. I'm at brunch with Steve Harwell. Please. <laughs> Has anyone yeah. seen him and Guy Fieri in the same place at the same That's time? That's what I... Ah, oh, fuck. Never mind. Oh, shit. That yes. was going to be the bit. Is anytime they ask uh, Smash Mouth to play, their they're guy's like, all right, let me check the schedule. Is Guy Fieri doing... <laughs> well, he's also a Bay Area dude. So Guy Fieri is always just like rolling around to fires being like, let me make you hot dogs. Yeah. I hear Guy Fieri just breaks into people's houses and he's like, we've got a good one today. Mmm. Mama, what are you cooking up? And then he just eats with his hands in your kitchen. I'm down. I feel like I could go on Guy's Grocery Games and win. Just putting it out there. I'm that cocky about my food. (laughs) I wouldn't mind hanging out with Guy Fieri. He's a cool dude. I wouldn't mind hanging out with anyone at this point, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Let's play Kajabi Can-Can with Guy Fieri. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Uh, This episode, just like every episode, is brought to you by Blurring Gerbson's taxi service. I'll take you where you don't want to go. You go to the Smash Mirth concert? <laughs> I'm sorry, did you, did you say Smash Mirth? Smash Mirth! I don't mind Danny, he's gonna go into the trunk. <laughs> hey now, in the trunk now, do karate. <laughs> and then the door go closes and good, you just this, hear him up. We've been recording for so long. <laughs> This episode is actually brought to you by our wonderful, amazing Patreon donors. <laughs> you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast to check out all of our tiers and listen to our wonderful bonus content. Uh, bonus. Please. Anyway, uh, no, please don't. Uh, half of us are married, and the other half are Paige. <laughs> what? That's right. Check the check the paperwork. There's a loophole. I'm married to Jake. That's oh, why. That's why I asked to see the marriage certificate when I was at your wedding, which is the thing that I actually was at, and I forgot about. <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was a bit, but there I are forgot. pictures. There are yeah. pictures. There's what my favorite picture from me at Paige's wedding is. I am holding two whiskey cokes in each hand, and then two beers in each hand that were all mine that I had acquired. Uh, my favorite is you're at a, a table in that mm-hmm. picture, full of just a who's who of roast battle, and they're all classy yeah. for some reason. And you're just like, like mid drink. Yeah, it was such a fun wedding. And legally, I'm married to Jake. So uh, thank you for that. Congrats, man. I'll send send the registry over my way. Congrats. What do I do now? I just I guess I have to just consult the waiting list, huh? (laughs) Move out. Yeah, the only thing I'm moving in. (laughs) 
The only thing on our registry is naked pictures of Blaine Gibson, so that should be pretty easy to accomplish. Oh, God damn Thank it. Thank you. Um, hey, if you're looking for a new place to listen to Colt Podcast, uh, might we suggest Rooster Tea? Why is he the only one doing it? This is like so I'm many. I'm not episodes. partaking. I will not participate. I've been there. Been there for seven years, yeah. eight years even. Cockadoodle, sunny day, you big old little rain cloud. Okay, that's that's it. Uh, yeah, Rooster Teeth is a fantastic place f- filled with a bunch of amazing creative people and Blaine Gibson. And uh, you can <laughs> and fuckloads of roosters and loose teeth. Oh yeah, just it, all the, over the, the place. It, Chicken shit bingo every day. We can't stop them. <laughs> uh, you can go to roosterteeth.com or you can download the app on a bunch of your devices like your Xbox, your Amazon Fire Stick, or your Roku television. Um, and, of course, on your phone, which is a great place to watch a bunch of streams and content uh, and listen to a bunch of stuff like Good Morning from Hell or to watch awesome content from Squad Team Force, which is a new thing that our very own... Our very own. I shouldn't... Such I can't a descriptive name. Yeah, it's three different descriptions <laughs> for a group of people, and I love it. And I will say that that was my my name invention. I tossed <laughs> it out there because I thought it was funny, and everyone was like, "Let's run with that." And I was like, All right. It's so good. Barb uh, Barb Dunkelman, who's also on Squad Team Force, posted a uh, a picture of just the STF. And, w- and was like, what does it stand for? And I sent her like 16 different things where it was like, <laughs> it was like save the frogs. Stop <laughs> those ferrets, which was my favorite Sex one. that. Nope. No. Sex that fuck boy. I mean, that, that was the first thing that came to mind, but then I was just like, Fred? And it, you know, my brain short circuited. It was, I've been, I wrote like 45 jokes today, okay, man? That's fine. I am exhausted. Uh, but I still have STF, still two fucks to give, and mm, I'm giving sexually them sexually to... transmitted fun. I that is I, that is oh. that is <laughs> legit one of the things I'll like screenshot it and show you. That is one of the first things I said. I would say that's that's the thing that's most often sexually transmitted is fun. Ooh, fun. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but th- it's a wonderful place to watch a bunch of stuff that the very handsome, very talented Blaine Gibson does. But where can other pe- where can people find you other than that, Blaine? Uh, I'm on Twitter at bgibbles. I'm on Instagram at the underscore Blaine because I couldn't get B Gibbles. Uh, also, might I recommend you go to the Warner Brothers Entertainment YouTube page and subscribe so that we can you can watch Popcorn and Shield, which is a movie podcast I'm on. Yes, there's a billion movie podcasts on. Yes, Paige has been on a movie podcast. She's on, on a couple, uh, but this one's a lot of fun, and we get to talk to people like uh, people from The Conjuring and, and Batman. So we we actually talked to Batman. Man. So jealous. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, check us out there yeah, so that I can get paid. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah that's awesome. I uh, If you want to find me, I'm on Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Uh, I'm also getting ready to film a thing for Amazon Prime. So if you're in uh, Vegas, uh, check out my stuff, and I'll be announcing the date and, st- and information and all that over there. Um, it's going to be totally COVID compliant. It's going to be documented on Amazon prime forever. It's me doing stand up. Come out. I love you so much. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, it's, it's at Mondo does stuff. A uh, M a N D O does stuff. Thank you. I love you again. Bye. Remember me when you blow up. (laughs) I won't remember anything because I will physically explode. (laughs) Uh, it's, Hey, 
it's me, your girl, Paige. Uh, you can follow me <laughs> at Paige Wesley on Twitter or at Rampage Wesley on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, if you're listening to this when this comes out, I'm recording it the day of roast battle, but it's already happened, so I'm sorry. But there will be more where that came from. Uh, also, if you're listening to this today, we're recording this the last week of Mutiny Magazine's Kickstarter. So that is already funded, and I will keep you guys posted on when it's going to be released and where you can buy it. Um, I'm so fucking excited for that. I'm going to buy a copy so and fucking cool. frame it. I'm so excited. And get it signed by... Uh, if you want to send me um, suggestions for better ways to get people out of cults, like ways to lure them out with Reese's Pieces like E.T., you can send <laughs> those to my social media. I'm happy to hear them. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, follow us at Cult Or Podcast. on Twitter at Cult Podcast Show. Or you can send us an email to cultpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us any sort of snack or uh, ideas for games or your... Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue yes, sauce. Yes, Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce. Or their beef jerky, because it's also good. Or Sweet Gravy mm. Grace. Or Sweet Gravy Grace's gravy powder. You could send that <laughs> to 37... Oh my God, I'm losing my mind. 3756? Yes. God damn. 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237, like, like the, the shining. shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I'm going to say, don't drink sweet gravy, grace is gravy. It's a condiment, <laughs> not a drink. And don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye. Bye.